And indeed, we show that if you were to use this rural record, which is much more representative of the what you call climate change, that we show that actually the up and down of the warming and cooling over the last 100 and 150 years or so are probably better explained by solar activity changes. Welcome, everybody, to Conversations That Matter. I'm Alex Newman, your host for The New American Magazine. Uh, with us today is the great Willie Soon. I've known him for a long time. He's a, he's a wonderful scientist. Uh, he really is incredibly passionate about his field. He's got a doctorate in aerospace engineering. Um, he is right now serving as a visiting scientist at the Institute of Earth Physics and Space Science in Hungary. Uh, he also uh, serves as a principal at the Center for Environmental Research and Earth Sciences, and up until last year, he spent 31 years as an astrophysicist at the Solar, Stellar, and Planetary Sciences Division of the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics. Um, I consider him to be probably the top astrophysicist in the world today. Uh, he's just an absolute genius. Uh, and uh, together with uh, scientists from around the world, including uh, Dr. Ronan Connolly, um, Dr. Willie Soon has done some new papers that are just absolutely huge. Uh, they, they completely undermine the um, the narrative that we're headed toward a, a climate catastrophe as a result of our CO2 emissions. We talked a little bit about it earlier. Uh, Willie, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, so you guys just published three papers in uh, well-established peer-reviewed journals. Uh, before we get into the reaction to the papers, uh, tell us, uh, give us an overview. Uh, what did you guys find and how does that differ from, say, the narrative that the media and the United Nations are promoting? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's... Uh... Well, we, we are scientists, so we, we set out to seek the truth and nothing but the truth. So it's been uh, puzzling everyone, I, I would say every scientist on this topic, that what is the best thermometer data you want to use if you want to study temperature change? And then, for example, if you want to study what is causing the climate to change, so you want to know what is the best solar activity estimates, right? So it turns out that IPCC has been, I guess, <laughs> wrong and biased. That's the kindest word I can use for 30 years. And they've been in some sense hoodwink everyone. That they use, they selective, they use the power of the authority. And then rather than science, science is open, right? Objective, you know. They're, the data set they use are essentially contaminated by urban heat island effect. The solar activities uh, estimate the use. Uh, but, but, Willie, Willie, before we go to solar activity, uh, for the folks out there listening who don't know the urban heat island effect, uh, explain in, in kind of layman's terms, if you can, what that means. Sure. Urban heat island effect is a, it's a phenomenon that I think everybody knows. If you just go into major city like Boston's or London or you know Washington, D.C., you know that is when you go near the center city where all the concretes are there, things are a lot warmer. In fact, so-called heat extreme are partly attributed to all these concrete buildings in some sense, right? Because heats are stored. And so during you know warm time, like afternoon time, noon time till two o'clock, you know that things get extremely hot. But if you go a little bit rural where you have a little bit of grass or even water, you know, like river or stream and things like that, things get colder. These are very extreme, by the way, in places I'm going to Houston next month. I mean, the measure of urban heat island effect is up to 10 to 20 degrees. <laughs> so huge difference if you just stay in the middle of Houston or you go out a little bit because they've done a very nice survey 
in 2020 to show that effects. So it's a real serious phenomenon that IPCC apparently refused to take a look at. In fact, they tried to downplay the effect. They say, oh, it's very tiny. They say it's no more than 10% of the global warming effect. We found that it's at least 40 to 50%. And, and so, Willie, why why is it that this biases the, the temperature results? I guess they, they put a thermometer out there and then a city got built up around it. And so now it looks hotter than it would have if a city hadn't right. been built up. Yeah, no, that's the problem, because if you want to interpret what causes that warming, I mean, you don't want to say it's, it's all by the concrete building because they want to say that humans have to because of fossil fuel emissions, you know, carbon dioxide you know, that we use from burning gasolines and natural gas, so on and so forth, or even coal, that is causing the problem. They were attributing that to the rising carbon dioxide emission. But that's just completely looking at the wrong thing. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. urban heat island, in fact, is a very small scale phenomenon, but it had nothing to do with this so-called natural climate. So to study climate change in that sense, you have to know, is your thermometer record that you are using is correct? IPCC apparently using a wrong record. <laughs> in, the, in this study, why is groundbreaking is that, you know, after some 30 years of kicking around, searching, you know, how to do it, methodologically, I think we show completely convincingly. That's why we go through the peer review process, by the way. So there are many professionals checking what we do. We apparently have to recover. Science is about being able to calculate did everything that IPCC have done. Okay, we show that Conclusively, convincingly, you just look at some of the chart if you want. Uh, just go to series-sign.com. And then we offer alternative. We say, why don't we just look at the rural station all over the world? And we show that the behavior of this temperature record is rather different. And indeed, we show that if you were to use this rural record, which is much more representative of the what you call climate change, that we show that actually the up and down of the warming and cooling over the last 100 and 150 years or so are probably better explained by solar activity changes. So that's so, another aspect. So Willie, we've got 40% of the warming explained just by this urban heat island effect because these thermometers are in places where cities have been built up. And so now the IPCC is using bad data. Then you're saying the rest of that warming, we can look at uh, the solar activity. So uh, in the last uh, three minutes or so that we have left, explain for folks what that means. What's happening in the sun? Why does that change temperatures uh, on the planet? What does that make different here? Oh, yeah, yeah. The sun, I mean, sun is the giver of life on the Earth system, by the way. I mean, 99.9% .9 of the energy given to the Earth system you know, how the wind move, ocean move, even a plant grow, right? Photosynthesis. Mm -hmm. All of them is given by the sun. So every amount, any tiny amount of changes, any subtle changes, it's all supplied by the sun. So we show in this study that this rural temperature record is nearly perfectly explained. All of it, nothing left, explained by the sun activity. And one point that I have to emphasize, the difference between us and IPCC is that IPCC recommended and tell everybody that you can only use one solar activity estimate. We found out that in the scientific literature being objective, there are at least 27 different ones. So IPCC is what you call cherry picking because they <laughs> want you to, please don't look elsewhere. Just, just focus on this particular thing that they recommend. And that particular uh, recommendation turns out to be a, a very a flawed study, in my humble opinion, of course. That, and we publish, we explain why, so on and so forth. So we invite IPCC to come and challenge us and perhaps have a proper discussion. Another point that I think some of your articles in the Epoch Times 
shows very clearly is that, look, <laughs> my work has been cited by IPCC for a long time, by the way. In yeah, the, the chairman of the working group one yeah, actually yes. pointed to one of your studies on this very issue, the urban heat island effect. So Indeed, they can't really it's pretend not that we are nobody. nobody. They know what we do is high quality yeah. work and it's a very, very solid science. In fact, I'm totally happy to say I'm wrong. IPC is the only one who say that they would never be wrong. That's a whole problem. <laughs> I mean, people should just take a deep breath. I think IPCC is just a bit overly anxious. El Gore's, you know, all these other big guns, you know, all these President Biden, all these people are just politicians who don't care about science. They don't care about the truth. All they want is want to implement some kind of a policy that makes them feel good or perhaps even make somebody rich. Who knows what? I'm, yeah. I'm less well, interested When we get back that. from the break, Willie, I want to talk about the reaction. There's been a very interesting reaction to these new papers. But, yes, please. Uh, before we, we go to break in about a minute, um, explain to the folks about the sun. I, you know, I, I think for, for us who are not scientists, who don't follow this, it's a little bit difficult to understand. You're talking about changes in solar activity and different. How is that measured? What, what do these changes look like? Is the sun just sending more energy to the earth? Yes, and that's yes. it's essentially just sending more light energy. That's it. And, 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 and where is this being measured? Is this NASA that's keeping oh, track yeah, of Oh, yeah, it's this, a or? satellite. You have to put up satellites. You know, there's, there's at least 20 to 20, 20 or so of this experiment has been done. We're measuring the sun light output because the changes are very small. But every small change is implemented in the seasonal changes. You know what I'm saying? Every winter... Yeah are not the same. Every summers are not the same. Every spring, every fall are all changing all the time, merely by the virtue that we're going around the sun, right? I mean, yeah. I hope everybody agree with that. Now, IPCC ought to not challenge that. <laughs> Except in climate model, I mean, the earth, the sun is going around the earth, by the way, in climate model, if you think in that, that perspective. But in any case, the sun is the giver of energy to the planet system. There's just no question if or but about it. And plus that you can find the hint that the sun not only changing planet Earth, it's changing all these other interplanetary system on the solar system. That has been also shown for Mars, for Uranus, for for actually, you know, think all these other planets can also be giving indication that the sun is actually controlling the, yeah. the system there. Yes. Hi, I'm Alan Keyes. I'm the host of IMTV's uh, daily talk show about uh, news and events in America. And I want to say a good word for the New American Magazine. Uh, not only because Alex Newman has joined us as somebody who is periodically hosting a show, but because uh, New American Magazine represents a alternative media that is willing to tell people the truth. Uh, with so much fake news spreading, spreading about and the fact that right now this country is in an existential crisis, we remember who we are and where we come from and what our principles are or we die. Reading New American Magazine can keep you up to the minute on the issues that are challenging us as a people and on which that survival hangs. You can check it out and subscribe at www.thenewamerican.com. Now, uh, the, the climate science establishment is uh, not happy about these new papers, to put it mildly. Uh, in fact, uh, they've been uh, getting really vicious. Uh, atmospheric science professor Michael Mann, he's over at uh, Penn State University, um, he, he went and started pounding on Twitter. He called these guys uh, a group of climate denier clown emojis. Okay, so they're, they're climate denier clown emojis. Um, he, uh, he just attacked uh, the editor of one of the journals, the, the journal Climate, guest editor, he's a federal scientist. He called him a denier clown. Um, 
We've got Gareth S. Jones uh, over with the UK Met Office calling these new studies nonsense that they are popular, uh, that they're published in journals popular with the science denial community. Um, I, I don't know what a science denial community is, but maybe Willie soon can help us with that. Um, we also have uh, another one, uh, Dr. Gavin Schmidt, uh, the director of the NASA Goddard Institute for Space Studies. Uh, he's actually going after the editor of uh, one of the journals in these studies. He's trying to get all his emails. Uh, he was mocking one of the scientists, uh, Greenpeace co-founder, Dr. Patrick Moore, saying that there's a uh, Moore um, word that I can't say going around on social media. Um, yeah, they, they're, they're really mad, Willie. Um, they are uh, attacking you guys, they're making fun of you guys, or they're making blog posts. Uh, what do we make of uh, this reaction by the, the climate science establishment? Well, I wonder why, right? I mean, it's so obvious that these folks are not serious about science, even though they have scientists or PhD name after their, you know, go after their names. But these people are apparently uh, some kind of uh, activists. I mean, they are not very interested in science. We spend years and years and years working on these things. And then, of course, we published three papers in the last month or so that produce this result that is rather interesting to tell them, look, you guys have been looking at the wrong temperature record. You guys have been looking at the wrong uh, solar activity estimate. So please take a step back and then perhaps have a proper discussion with some of us. And their reactions are very strange. Instead of... Uh, engage in scientific debate or questioning, oh, the method that you use are wrong after we work for more than a year on this. I mean, this guy dismissed the thing without even reading our paper. That's the whole point. It's within seconds, the paper or the news came out. They already had the reaction. So it's very obvious. So what I find it to be very troublesome is that not only that, they are using every uh, tools they have, especially for, for one of the papers that we published in one of the journals that was handled by one of these uh, uh, scientists that is actually worked for the U.S. Uh, Department of Agriculture from Forest Service. Uh, they actually use the Freedom of Information Act to try to gain access to see we, if we are colluding. Not only that, Dr. Gavin Schmidt also <laughs> colluded with another editor, well, another activist from Scientific American. So it's, it's multi-pronged. Instead of engaging, they're trying to use Freedom of Information Act. Obviously, there's nothing to be found because we are we are good scientists in a very good way. <laughs> there's no such thing. We didn't say, hey, man, give us the pass and things like that. We have proper review, review, come back. And then there were some critical remarks. And then we try to improve on the papers and things like that. So nothing, you know, dirty or anything that is crazy. Actually, it's a bit strange. All I know is that these people ought to take a deep breath. I mean, <laughs> if they want to maintain... I, I'm very glad that someone found out, in fact, that his paycheck is $200,000 a year. I think he got paid a lot for doing just about nothing. I don't know. He's blogging even or tweeting during uh, during work office hours. I mean, that <laughs> seems to be violating some kind of federal employment law. Who knows what? I, I'm not going to go that into that kind of stuff. But I all want, want to say is that please don't do that, Gavin. If you want to have a debate, Willie Soon or my all my colleagues in science, are completely happy to explain to you what we have found and, and we'll be willing to sit down with you. By the way, two of my co-authors, Dr. Ronan Connolly and Michael Connolly, went visited Goddard Institute for Space Study. Yeah, they did in, uh, in 2015 and then they wanted to have discussion with them. Gavin unfortunately said that he's not an expert on the thermometer data. He's not an expert on the solar activity. I wonder what expert he's in. So send one of his uh, person to, to discuss with my friend for three, four hours. I mean, 
it, it seems yeah. to me that- I, I reached out to Gavin Schmidt and uh, offered him the opportunity to right. comment on this, and I did not hear back. I also reached out to Michael Mann uh, through his personal email and also through his assistant, and uh, I did not hear back, but I've reached out to them before, and uh, their response typically to studies that uh, question their narrative has been uh, very rude. Um, yeah, I, I think one time yeah, Gavin wrote back like one word, like too. nonsense or something. Yeah, so- uh, <laughs> It was interesting. You know, I talked to several scientists about your papers, Willie, because, you know, I'm not a scientist. I wanted to find out what's going on here. And I got some interesting feedback. They all thought these papers gave valuable scientific information, made valid points that needed to be considered, um, that these should be addressed, and that the proper way to address them is not on Twitter by, um, you know, making fun and calling right, names. Right. The proper way is not to address uh, by poking fun on a blog. Uh, the proper way to deal with that is, of course, to, to write your own scientific paper and have it peer reviewed and then have it published in the literature. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that comes out. But uh, Willie, we're down to just less than five minutes now in this uh, final segment. And I, I want to get into if, if you wouldn't mind what's going on here. Why, why are they behaving this way? Why are they pretending like your papers don't exist when they know very well they don't exist or that they do exist? Um, what's going on here? How do we make sense of this? Well, I, like I say, even using the word scientist for them is inappropriate. They seem to turn into some kind of an activist. I mean, Michael Mann, for example, if you look at any of his tweets, I mean, he's calling GOP the enemy of the, not only the, the planet, the human being, and so on and so forth every day. I wonder how many students should uh, that have any leaning towards GOP should take his class because you're going to fail. This guy is just a hater. I don't know why. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to be a scientist teaching about meteorology or climate science. You're not supposed to engage in such a, I don't know, really ad hominem kind of approach. Yes, uh, there are many, many issues that I see. Another problem is, of course, they, they probably, their fundings, I think, are all dependent on this carbon dioxide being a problem. When the, if there is not a problem, and then, like I say, you cannot tax the sun. I always fond of saying that no one can tax the sun so easily. Well, you can tax solar energy, but you cannot tax the sun. So therefore, their, 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 their whole livelihood apparently depends on this carbon dioxide, this alcohol kind of paradigm being correct. You know, the United Nations uh, approach being correct. That's part to be something like a threat. So we are, but, but I have no interest in threatening anyone. In fact, I keep saying that they are the one that threatening my livelihood. <laughs> I could have been a professor, this and that, everywhere, or member of Academy of Science, so on and so forth. But these are not my, my goal in life. My goal in life is to do the best possible science, speak the truth, faith in God, so on and so forth, and, and just really go straight. Yeah, because they really are only, then, only then we should make a decision on the policy, right? I mean, everything yeah. seems to be just very twisted by them. I don't think that they are. They can hold their, their fire. This is why they refuse to de debate us, by the way. We have tried many, many years, decades actually, at least 20 years from my sense. I keep offering myself to, to talk to them and so on and so forth, but they refuse to engage. All they want to do is this kind of public, you know, kind of attempt to try to put you down and so on and so forth. But I, I encourage everybody to come and visit series, C-E-R-E-S-Sign.com because we have documented all, all of this sort of thing, like they use fact checker, that's another serious problem now. Instead of arguing you, they use fact checker to try to control your narrative, to control your, your, your output. So that is another very serious problem. By the way, we, we felt that we successfully prevented one of the problems. They really are behaving in, uh, 
in a vicious way. And, and you know, this was first revealed in the climate gate emails where, where yes. these scientists were colluding to hide their data, hide the decline in temperatures, uh, right. silence scientists who, who ask questions, uh, get them not published in the journals. Uh, it's a very bizarre reaction for somebody who supposedly is looking for the truth. Um, we're just about out of time, Willie, but the, the website where people can find uh, links to these studies, where people can find more about you and uh, the uh, institute that you are a principal with, and, and also uh, your response to some of these criticisms, that's Ceres, right. that's uh, C-E-R-E-S hyphen science dot com. And uh, folks, that is uh, for the Center for Environmental Research and Earth Sciences. Uh, a lot of information there. And folks, there are trillions of dollars at stake here. Uh, they're using the global warming um, hypothesis narrative, I guess, to try to uh, radically reshape the global economy, radically reshape uh, global energy systems. It really is the pretext for uh, ultimately trillions of dollars in government spending. There's a lot on the line here for the people whose career and industry and, and uh, policy preferences depend on this agenda. Uh, Willie, we've got less than 30 seconds. Final word before we let you go. Well, I'm just saying that that's uh, bad science will not prevail. So please, and then the, never too late. You know, Gavin, Michael, I invite you back to the realm of science. You know, let's do it. Because IPCC, for, for all, all goodness of everybody, please come back to the right side of science. And then let's all discuss if it's not CO2. That's not CO2. Well, Willie Soon, thank you so much. Folks out there, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Alex Newman. This is Conversations That Matter for the New American Magazine. Please share this link out. Send it to your congressmen. Send it to your state representatives, your county commissioners. Send it to Gavin Schmidt and Michael Mann. Um, yeah. I'm sure they'll be pleased to see it. Thanks again for tuning in. Till next time, Alex Newman here for Conversations That Matter at the New American Magazine. God bless you all. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Declaration of Independence proclaims God-given rights, and we intend to protect them. Working with people like you for over 50 years, preserving freedom and building a better tomorrow. Safeguarding the Constitution by limiting government power. We are restoring liberties, educating voters, and leading the freedom movement. Join with us. United, we will defend our rights. We are all Americans. We are the John Birch Society.